We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon. good place to start. Um, we are helping you guys level up in your personal life and professional life. My name is Zach Robb. I am joined by Shane Rojas and our celebrity guest today is Katie Rojas. And today we are covering two amazing books called Who Moved My Cheese and Out of the Maze. Uh, Shane, you want to uh, fill us in on the book summary? What's going on, everyone? This is Shane with my better half, Katie. Hello. Uh, like Zach said, we are going to be going over and diving into two books written by Spencer Johnson, um, Who Moved My Cheese and Out of the Maze. They're uh, cool little stories um, about, you know, changing to circumstances and also changing your beliefs uh, for uh, Who Moved My Cheese. A summary on that is it's a story that takes place in a maze uh, with four main characters that are searching for cheese. And the cheese represents happiness, fulfillment, satisfactions, and it's many various forms. Um, for instance, you know, a security prestige or wealth. The two characters, Smith and Scurry, are mice who um, just run around in a very unorganized fashion. They learn through, their approach is trial and error, trying to find their cheese. They don't overthink things. Instead, they just take uh, vigorous amounts of actions and roots until one day they find a huge uh, storage of cheese. The other two characters, Hem and Ha, are little humans who apply more sophisticated thinking and analytical skills, and they're overanalyzing things. Um, and they also find the same large stockpile of cheese as the mice. But the two have very different approaches and philosophies uh, that guide their decisions. The humans, hem and haw, take the cheese for granted, assuming it will always be there. By contrast, the mice start, are, they stay alert and vigilant to their surroundings and notice that they have the quality and supply of the cheese without slowly, well, what was slowly dwindling. Um, one day the cheese is gone, how the characters cope with this change, um, and that's really what the book comes in. When when change happens, the lessons in surviving and thriving despite the inevitable changes in life and the workplace. Yeah, yeah, Shane pretty much summed it up. Um, so we're going to um, uh, take key concepts from uh, Who Moved My Cheese. And so one of the main um, takeaways I got from the book was him and Ha, the more sophisticated, complex thinking, they kind of represent, um, I would say, your more academic, book smart side of the brain. And then you have Smith and Scurry that I from my point of view, represent more street smarts and keeping things simple, uh, where that 
that has its benefits um, at, as the book kind of displays where you don't overthink things. Um, they're, they're able to go back out into the maze when, when the cheese is gone and change is happening. They don't hesitate. They just go, Hey, obviously we have to change. Here we go. So they, they kind of just get moving. Um, where him and Ha, I think the book did a really, a really good job of, of, uh, showing how, how we tend to overthink things. And I know him, like, thinks it's unfair and he, he doesn't think that he needs to have to go out and find cheese because the cheese should just be here. Um, cause it kind of just, uh, points at complacency and, getting comfortable and the entitlement, uh, arrogance that comes with success. So when you do need to change, um, so I thought the book, yeah, it was very, very interesting on, on the two dynamics. Uh, what, yeah. what do you think, uh, Katie? I definitely took away that nothing changes when nothing changes and people definitely get complacent in just planning and hoping and wishing, whereas there's a huge lesson in sniff and scurry. They don't even take the time to think. They just put their shoes on and they start running and they start figuring out how to get to where they want to be and have what they want to have. And going through the maze, you're going to find dead ends and what seems like no way out, but you have to realize that you just turn around and keep going. And the dead ends and the failures, they're part of figuring out where you want to be. Whereas him and Ha, they just seem to be very set and comfortable in where they were. And that comfort can only take you so far. And it's hard to know when a change should occur because sometimes you think, well, is it going to come back? You know, the cheese disappeared and you could think, oh, maybe tomorrow it'll be here. Maybe tomorrow it'll be here. But there's only so many tomorrows that you can have. Do you have something to add? Well, I was thinking, yeah, just stop thinking too much about your cheese and start chasing it. You know, you don't want to have everything 100% figured out in perfect detail because situations are never going to be 100% ideal. You have to create the opportunities for yourself. Um, and a way to do that is to take massive action. Even if it's not the right action to take, um, mass, massive action, Tony Robbins calls it, is the cure-all. Because if you know what you want and you're going towards it, and even if you're doing the wrong thing, you're going to find out quicker as, is, as opposed to doing nothing and just sitting around waiting, hoping all these things are going to come together. Um, so you do want to be able to just, you know, say, hey, okay, I want to go run a half marathon. All right, cool. What do I need to do? I need to just put on my running shoes and run. Don't overanalyze everything. Um, you know, don't wait till you have, you know, the financing or all the support from other people or um, the perfect economic situation. You really just have to step out there and take things on head on and take full responsibility for making things come into fruition. Yeah, because kind of what Shane touched on, even if it's not the right decisions or the right actions, uh, to me that that's basically what they're talking about when 
the mice are going out, and it's not like they're finding cheese right when right away, or that every every path that they go down, oh, there's cheese there. Because um, the book even, like what I liked about the book was Pa, um, who's kind of the more analytical, complex character, he finally does go out into the maze. He gains up the courage, and he doesn't find any cheese right away. <laughs> and um, so I like that part of the book where it, it basically has that perseverance, and you have to stay consistent, and he, he, he continues to go out. Even though he's not finding any cheese, he fe- he's feeling a lot better um, because he he has that expectation and the um, it even touches on um, knowing that he will find cheese eventually. That kind of that belief is what is what helps him. So you feel better and you're you're able to be more productive. So that, I really like that part of the book too. It really makes me think of. I'm currently reading Think and Grow Rich again, and one thing that book says is knowledge is potential power. And I feel like him and Ha, they are the book smart. And even though they seem to to know what to do, they don't apply it. And the application, the lack of application doesn't get them to where they want to be. So even though you don't have the actual knowledge that you need to have, just starting the action and moving and taking whatever – movement you can will get you to where you want to be faster than accumulating all the knowledge you believe you need to have. Right. You know, you don't want to let your knowledge or your learning turn to knowledge and just lead you to knowledge. You want to be able to um, make it, yeah, apply it, make it applicable. Um, And even your biggest things aren't going to last forever. So you want to be able to anticipate changes that comes. You know, uh, in the book, Hem and Ha found Station C, however, they settled there, as opposed to Sniff and Scurry. Um, They enjoyed snacking on it, but then they realized um, they were about to run out. So what do you do when things start changing? You change with them, you adapt, you overcome, um, you know, because it's going to be leading you to your ultimate goal, your ultimate fulfillment. But human beings were, were hardwired to hate. We hate change. We want everything to be comfortable for us, but that comfortableness where you're just sitting around being complacent, that's actually a really bad spot to be in because you're not going to grow. You're not going to stretch. You're not going to develop all your potential. Yeah, so it does It does um, have, you know, uh, smell your cheese often to know if it's um, going bad, meaning like being be aware of, of what's going on so that when when you do need to change or things um you're you're prepared for it and you know you know what you have to do so that's and I think that's always kind of like what Shane was talking about where we want to hold on to what's working and what has always worked um but there's there's definitely um a downside to that type of uh like uh, thinking so but um yeah, so his the follow up book, the Out of the Maze, um, by Spencer Johnson, uh, follows him. That's it's more of him's story because him is the one who gets stuck at Cheese Station C where they they originally found their their secret stash and they were living off um living good for for however long and when the cheese was all gone, him is the one 
that stayed at cheese station C didn't want to change. Um, so this that out of the maze is more of Hen's story. So Shane, if you wanna if you wanna jump on jump into that one. Yeah. So out of the maze, it's really dealing with changing your beliefs, um, which is a difficult thing for a lot of people. Um, it describes Hem and Ha who ran out of cheese one day. Ha successfully adapts to change and moves out to find new cheese. Um, in the story, she's really struggling. Well, Hen's really struggling with finding new cheese because he has his old bag of tools. And he believes, you know, these, these are the best tools money can buy, but he doesn't realize, you know, his beliefs um, are keeping him from going towards his actual goal. And he's really stubborn on changing his beliefs because he this is what's worked for him in the past. And the book really talks about if you adapt quickly or allow certain beliefs to hold us back, um, you need to keep an open mindset, really, is what it's talking about. Is that good? Yeah. Okay. I... <laughs> you can edit all this Yeah. <laughs> um, I believe this is when he finds, is it another mouse? Yeah. And she introduces him to a different type of cheese. And it's he's... apple. Oh, yeah. It's a different yeah. type of food in general. Mm-hmm. And he... Um, he doesn't even realize that something else could be good. And I was actually talking to Shane about this earlier, how people have a set belief that there's an end-all, be-all to your – my example was with network marketing. And a lot of top income earners in my specific business, they don't just do network marketing. They have networked enough to – open their minds to other possibilities and they have specific goals, but they don't allow network marketing to be the only thing that gets them there. They're open to rental properties. They're open to investing. They're open to even cryptocurrency and so many other avenues that can increase their wealth, increase their knowledge, increase their opportunities. And I think a lot of people only have one specific thing that's on their mind and they're not open to new possibilities that can get them to where they want to be and fulfill what they want to have fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah, because um, so Hope is the the little person that Ha meets and she, she hands him, which we find, the reader finds out later that it's an apple, but the him sees it as a rock. He's like, I can't eat this. I'm not going to eat this. I, I only eat cheese. Um, so I think it's it kind of touches on the limiting beliefs of of what's possible and the way that um, our success, because he's like, I only know one way of success, um, and that's cheese. I only eat cheese. Like, get this out of here. But then he obviously he has to eat it because he's um, dying pretty much in that point of the book because uh, he hasn't had cheese in so long. So he finally um, uh, gets a couple of the of the apples, and that was actually her last apple uh, that she gives him. So, so I thought that was interesting the way that the way that they illustrate that point. 
I think so many opportunities come to us and we don't even realize that there are new possibilities and there's something that can help us achieve our goals and we space it out because we don't realize we need to try new things in order to get to where we want to be. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. it's important to like know what a belief is. A belief is something that you believe in without having evidence, um, knowing that it's true. You know, like for me, I, I choose to believe in God. Um, other religions choose to believe in Buddha, but we have no evidence of any of this, you know, but it's something you choose to believe without having real evidence, something factual to back it. So when you understand that, you know, you can understand hopefully that you don't want to take a real extreme approach. You want to be able to challenge your beliefs um, to other ways of thinking because your beliefs are really going to have a direct result in your success or your failure in life, what you choose to believe, how you see the world. So you definitely want to be flexible and adjustable when it comes to some of your beliefs. I'm not saying don't sell out. I'm not saying sell out and compromise things that are going to um, allow you to live in dysfunction because you sold out your values or your morals. Um, but you do want to be able to challenge what you've been taught your whole life. Like what I was taught my whole life, and I'm sure it's a lot of other people too, were, you know, from your parents, from what they learned from their parents, which is, you know, work hard, get a job, you know, have a company take care of you, get a defined uh, pension contribution or a 401k, get health insurance, get medical, get dental, um, mm -hmm. and just live 40 years working for this company so you can retire and get a gold watch. <laughs> um, you know, and that's really, like, I remember for, like, to be honest, and I'm sure there's millions of people out there that their parents hammered into them, you need to get a job. You need to get a yeah. job. And which yeah. you do, you want to learn skills. Um, I'm not saying don't get a job and be a bum, but there are <laughs> so many avenues in which you can make money other than the traditional corporate structure. Um, but people don't challenge their beliefs. Like I know personally, my family, um, to them, the greatest thing ever is working for a union getting a guaranteed check in your mailbox when you retire. Um, you know, you're never taught to, you, you, the beliefs were never, hey, you know, uh, take the long approach, you know, become an entrepreneur, make way less money for a couple of years, but then on the back end, you know, you make 10 times more, have more security, and you're not reliant upon somebody else. You know, like that's something that I had to change, those beliefs. I used to think capitalism was the worst thing in the world. So you really um, get down and evaluate how lucky we are to be able to bring products and services like this podcast to people for absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah, because I think um, that's that's how I, I grew up, too. My, my family is very blue-collar, um, work hard. Uh, life, life is hard. You, you should be working you know, nine to five. Um, but you have your weekends and, and look forward to your vacations. That's, that's, this is life, right? Two weeks off a year. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, that's why I like, cause the book does touch on, uh, him. Cause the reason that him, um, kind of has this realization, the reason that he gets out of chief station C, he's like, why didn't I go when Ha? Cause in the last book, Ha 
tells him, he's like, hey, let's go out and find new cheese. There's no cheese coming here. We've already thrown a fit. We've already, like, you know, did the whole game. Um, I'm going to go out into the maze, even though it's scary. And then Ha kind of has his whole victory in the last book. Um, but this is him's story where he's like, why didn't I listen to Ha? Um, like, why why didn't I go and take the risk and do everything um, that's and so he's he's starting to question a lot of his beliefs in this book, and one of those beliefs um, he's just stuck on. You have to work harder. Like he he believes that I I think I just need to work harder. I don't have to really change anything. I just need to work harder. And I feel like a lot of us kind of fall into that, um, fall into that uh, thinking a lot. Absolutely, I think that a lot of people don't align their beliefs with their actions and. So many of us just wish and want and hope for, and we have these big goals and we set these big plans for ourselves, but we we spend so much time planning, we forget to take the action that follows with it. You can say you want a successful online business and we talk about it all the time and we hope for it and we pray for it, but we don't even buy the website to get it started. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, so that's, that's a belief that I've had is, yeah, working hard is not, is not necessarily the best way to do life. Um, obviously working hard is a really strong value and I still have, I still follow that. Uh, that's one of my core values, I would say. Um, and I, and, and it's almost easier for me to work hard than to like, actually kind of like what Katie was talking about, which is going outside of your comfort zone and doing scary things. (laughs) Right. Um, I would rather do hard work than go out and and be uncomfortable in, in, in those scary situations. So I, I feel like that's kind of the choice that you have to make a lot of times. I think there's a different definition for hard work for a lot of people, though, because when you say hard work, I know how you work, and it's smart, not hard. And so many people think that they have to work 12 hours a day on one simple project to make it happen, but you just have to be very smart and diligent in your approach. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you, you do want to work smart. Like, like I told you is if hard work always paid, all these laborers would be millionaires. <laughs> you know? and they're probably the underpaid people in any profession. You look across the board, the people at the very bottom work the absolute physically hardest. Yeah. And they come up with least. So if hard work paid, like I said, you know, all these laborers would become millionaires. So it's not just hard work. There's, you know, and like with online businesses or with creating a company, um, if you're, if you want to be the person in charge and you're building your empire, uh, there are, a lot of things that you don't have to physically do. You know, it is a different type of work. It's mentally taxing. It's not, you know, digging a ditch. You have to be able to do the accounting, the marketing, the advertising, the sales. You have to be the janitor and the guy going to out to the bank to acquire new customers. All sorts of uh, hats you're going to have to wear. It's not just physical work. And there's a lot to be said for people who work really smart, not just really hard. Um, like you yeah. said, it's easier to be in just a structured job and work hard because 
you don't have to be creative or anything. All you have to do is just do what someone's telling you to do. There's no effort in that at all. Um, there's no creativity involved. There's no challenges. And if there are, you just go to your boss and have them resolve them. It's a totally different world when you follow instructions versus make the instructions yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and um, there's another belief I feel like that I've had um, that was kind of ingrained since I was real small is is hating on rich people. And right. so my my view of of wealthy people, you know, somebody who's driving a nice car or, um, yes. you know, kind of has that yeah. flag, that swagger, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, to to they're doing some criminal especially now. Just absolutely hate well people. It seems like. Yeah. So, and I I do see how if you're hating on like people who are wealthy and are doing well, then how do you expect yourself to get to to where they are if you hate if you're hating those types of people? <laughs> Right, and, and so, so, so I I see how that just makes no it's like it makes no sense like when you really think about it. Yeah. Um, if anything, I want to have a conversation with somebody and ask what they did to get to where they are and have what they have. Develop a relationship with them, you know. Have them mentor you. Mentors are extremely important. You know, some rich people are crooks. Don't get me wrong. Just look at the federal reserve. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but. I mean, most people have their wealth because they add a tremendous, a tremendous amount of value to other people's lives. You know, where would we be without Amazon? I'm not saying it's the best company in the world, but look how many people who hate Jeff Bezos still use Amazon for everything in their home. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I would say, because um, I work with a lot of local business owners here in San Diego, and I've learned a lot from from everything that that they're working on, um, but a, a lot of them are, are high-income earners. <laughs> and um, but, I, but it's cool because, uh, like, celebrating people's success and celebrating their wins, instead of kind of hating on people who are doing well, um, it's just a better way to go <laughs> is what yeah. I found. Yeah. So... It's what you think about at the same time because you could spend all that time hating or you could spend that time being productive and figuring out, okay, if they've gotten to this point, why can't I? Yeah, because I, I feel like the the common thinking is, oh, they must have, you know, they must have had, a tr- they must be a trust fund person or they must have had this. They must, like, you kind of have these assumptions on people who are who are doing well. Right. And a lot of the, I mean, when a lot of the business owners I've met are from uh, Germany, from other countries who moved here with nothing and were able to build, build their business. And I, I'm, I just, that is like super awesome. So I love celebrating and, um, you know, hanging out with, with them because obviously they know something that I don't, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah. But at the same time, somebody who starts out with nothing, I would say, okay, well, I have a little something, so I I, I should be one step ahead. So if they can start from absolutely nothing, what can I create with the little that I have, you know? Yeah, so it's inspiring in a way. Yeah, and, um, but a lot of people are just quick to undercut them and say, oh, well, they got lucky or, you know, like you said, yeah. Gave them money, 
not realizing, you know, everything that they had to go through to get to where they're at, even on a very modest scale. Um, you know, you have people, well, it must be nice because you can do this. It must be nice because you're able to take time off with your family. It must be nice, but it will never happen for me. You know, they already have a very bad belief, and they're not willing to uh, change it, which is, it is beliefs are a personal choice. You get to choose what you believe and what you don't. Um, yeah, so that's that's one of the biggest takeaways I got from this book that I found really interesting is so the best the best way if you find yourself thinking like how uh, you know work hard get a job and you're wanting to change some of those beliefs uh, the book actually um, pretty much tells you a way to do that is to separate separate yourself from the beliefs that you have. Yeah. Which, is, which is, yeah, really interesting. And uh, I know for me, the way that the way that I kind of was able to break away uh, was when I moved from where I'm from in, in a small town in uh, Colorado to San Diego, and that's how I was able to kind of um, separate, like Zachary, you know, who I've always been to who I want to be there's going to be a lot of change involved because I want to do big things with my life. <laughs> yeah. You got out of your station C. <laughs> so I, I had to get out of my station C and the way that I did that was I had to be able to see kind of a zoom out on your life a little bit. And the, the way that that happened for me was to get away from, uh, from everything. So you're not stuck in the weeds. Yeah. I mean, that's super true is because the people you hang around do have a, a impact, you know, on, on your creativity, your beliefs. And same thing, like for me, when I left home to go to the military, it was just a huge eye-opening experience because I learned real quick that not everyone thought like my family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I met Muslims, atheists, gay people, whatever. <laughs> and, you know, my family condemned all that. You know, it was like you have to be a Christian, you have to just have a blue-collar job. You, This is the only religion you're allowed to believe. Uh, you know, just that everyone is the way that the world is the way it is. And it's quick. You quickly learn that. No, that's not really true. Um, and just, I feel like life is the best teacher sometimes for your beliefs. You know, yeah. to just be flexible and don't cling to your preconceived convictions. So many people are quick to throw their beliefs on you and what you should do and how you should do it, and they haven't even gotten to where you want to be, yet we listen to them so closely, and we take it as if it's legitimate, but nobody really knows. You just have to figure it out for yourself. Yeah, one one example that I have that's that I, like when I was reading that, um, my grandma, um, she, she always um, would say that, uh, eggs and milk that these are really good for you, like whatever, whatever. And then (laughs) I learned that eggs and milk, like whole milk is just not, definitely not the best thing for you. I was was just telling Katie, my grandma, she just passed last month, but she would let me eat a huge amount of ice cream because she said it had calcium in it. Like I'm talking like I could have ice cream unlimited as a fucking and she'd be like, it's okay, it's building your bones, it has calcium. Like, no, Grandma, but that's what she really believed because she came from a small town, you know, <laughs> the dump farm. Um, 
and dairy was in absurd amounts was totally okay because it was healthy. Like, you know, or those got milk commercials as a kid, you know, <laughs> like yeah, come to find out that is for a baby calf. And that's why guys got bitch titties and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You know? Yeah. So you don't, so there are some beliefs that you should look at, look into and maybe get, get your own information. <laughs> You know, if someone tells me, hey, these eggs are rotten for three weeks, I'm just not going to have them make me an omelet. I'm going to take their word. But if someone's telling you, you know, this is the way the world is, it's just linear, A to B, there's nothing in between, you know, I'd be a little bit skeptical. Yeah, and I think um, the biggest, like what I think of too when I when I was looking at um, this book is your academic types, your straight A um, valid Victorian types, I feel like have a lot harder time. <clears throat> they have a lot harder time with with these with this whole thought of you know changing beliefs and kind of stepping outside of yeah of what because, of what you know. Yeah, totally. You know, in academics, if you ask for help on a test, it's cheating. In real life, business people do it all the time. They don't know. <laughs> Let me outsource it to somebody who does. <laughs> You know, let me let me go find a lawyer. Let me go find an accountant. Let me go find an attorney. Um, make sure everything that I'm doing is legal. Make sure, you know, I can save the most on my taxes. You know, that is collaborative thinking, mastermind qualities. But in academia, to your point, the reason I feel that they struggle is because you've been taught from day one, everything has to become, you know, based on you. There's no teamwork involved. And in real life, that that nothing could be further from the truth, whether you're in the military, a corporation, um, if you work at, I don't know, a daycare, everything you do involves other people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, K Katie, what was your, did you ever get away from G-Station C? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I have enough time in this podcast. No. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I worked at Whole Foods, the corporate world. You know, everybody told me to stay working at Whole Foods just because it provided the 401K, the benefits, $15 an hour guaranteed. And after I graduated – with my degree in biology, I was looking at all the careers that were in my career field, and I didn't want any part of them. It didn't fulfill me. I had no desire to stay in the lab. I had no desire to go back to school for specializing in any specific area dealing with biology, and I started teaching kids yoga, and in doing that, I was just told it was not a stable career. How are you going to make money doing that? And in teaching one hour every Friday, I was making more than I was making 40 hours a week at Whole Foods. So that was my realization that entrepreneurship is the way to 
go, and you can create so many more possibilities. You don't have to be a slave to the nine-to-five if that's not what fulfills you. Obviously, we need people who work those careers, and we need cashiers, we need doctors, we need police officers, we need all of the above, but if you have a desire to work towards something more and be more and do something more fulfilling in your life, you can create anything. Yeah, yeah. don't don't buy from the day to small beginnings. You know, the the day you start is honestly probably going to be the hardest day with whatever you choose to do, whether it's building a business or traveling the world or curing cancer, whatever you choose to do. Just really, you want to start on a small scale and slowly increase. Um, and people are always going to talk about you regardless, so you might as well do what you're going to do that makes sense to you and feels good to you. I like the saying that it's, how does it go about people talk? It's better to have people talk oh, about Oh, the you. only thing worse than being, not being talked about, or uh, let me say that again. The only <laughs> thing worse than being talked about is not being talked about. That's uh, I can imagine worse because regardless, at least we're talking talk about it, which is free And what even this will persist. So no matter what you're going after, there's always going to be resistance. But you have to realize that everything is happening for a lesson, and you have to push through the obstacles to get to where you want to be. It's just like people doubting you and saying you can't do it, you can't achieve it. That's just a dead end on the maze. You have to turn around, go the other way, and look for another path because at the end of the day, they're not you. They're not working towards your goals they're not they're not even working toward what you want to have they might not even care about what you care about and you have to pursue your passions your dreams and just realize that no matter what other people say you have to do your own research you have to go down your own path you have to figure out your own maze to get to where you want to be yeah and um and in the book, um, another belief that he has is he's going through, he works harder and he has his old tools and nothing's working. And um, so Hope, the, the lady that he meets, says, what about these other corridors? He's like, oh, those are dark and scary. We don't go down those ones because nobody, yeah. like, what are you talking about? We just need to work harder. <laughs> yeah. And um, so then he finally... So he finally takes the leap, and he he goes down this dark these ones that in his his mind you could tell that this is just a belief that he has that you don't want to go down those because those are dark and scary. Um, so that's where he he ends up going down dark and scary ones, and that's how he ends up um, finding eventually getting out of the maze. Um, yeah, he found and even when she's like, what do you think life is like outside of the maze? He hasn't even thought, that wasn't even like a thought he ever even, even contemplated that there would be life outside of the maze. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Definitely. I think in my specific career field, there are so many things that make me 
nervous and afraid. Like I go on my Instagram and I'll go live and it's intimidating and it's something that a lot of people fear and they don't want to put themselves out there because what if they make a mistake and everybody sees it live. But that's part of the journey. The things that you fear most are the things you have to do the most to get to where you want to be. And even simple actions that are way out of your comfort zone, that's what provides the most growth. And you just have to get over your fear and realize that fear is a temporary feeling. And the more you do it and the more you get familiar with the unfamiliar, the easier Mm -hmm. it gets over time. Yeah, and I I would say the funnest part of of starting your own venture or going on and doing your own um, is because as you go along, for me, I I was reading books on how to start a business, how to do advertising, how to you're kind of learning from you know all the brilliant people who have done it before. Yeah. Um, But as as I've been going through, you get to make your own rules and you get to kind of write your own book on what you what actually works like in real life so i i really like the the creative part of of building your own and and doing your own venture and and failing and and you have wins and so i i've really grown to love the process of of entrepreneurship and and kind of making your own your own way absolutely so I'm really glad that him uh spoiler alert him does make it out of the maze. <laughs> yeah. Fine Smith. He was waiting all along. <laughs> so he does. Yeah, he runs into his uh his boy Ha who's been out there. Uh there's there's cheese there, there's apples there, there's like all kinds of stuff um outside of the maze. So I really like the simplistic kind of silly you know, story that is told throughout these two books. And the the Who Moved My Cheese is a more what would you do if you weren't afraid is more just on change itself. And then Out of the Maze uh, touches more on the beliefs and every, the you know, the the beliefs that guide our decisions. So overall, I thought I thought these books were absolutely amazing. I, I definitely recommend both of these books if you guys are trying to make a big change in your life. Absolutely. And don't forget, you know, next week we have an excellent book lined up that deals with change and belief. Um, And it is called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Uh, It's an absolutely tremendous book. It talks about how you can make massive, massive amounts of change in your life, professional, personal, spiritual, whatever, just doing one small, insignificant seeming step a day. But over yes, time, it adds up. So next week, that's what we'll be deep diving on. Uh, thank you. Yeah, and I'm I'm really I'm really excited for that episode too. There's a lot of really, really big uh, big ideas in that book. So so we'll we will see you guys on the next episode. Katie, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. (laughs) And we will see you guys on the next episode of A Good Place to Start. Thank you, guys. Have a good one.